Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon podcast. Hi, you guys. Welcome back. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. And welcome to our Evil Satan Robot Bitch Club. (laughs) (laughs) The time has come. The second coming is just around the corner. Um, Oh, yes, obviously. (laughs) Wowie. Like, honest to God, though, there's still honest to celestial Jesus. I'm going to start saying that from now on. (laughs) Honest? Um, Because I'm funny. Um, There, like, this whole situation with coronavirus, like, a little small part of me was still freaking out, thinking that, like, oh, my God. What if this is a second coming and and Jesus oh. is coming back and I'm going to hell? And like I kind of kept making these jokes the past week or so, and and my boyfriend was just like, no, like no, no, no. it's still not that. And I'm like, oh, okay, right, 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 right. Well, but what I mean, if <laughs> it shows very clearly because Utah, the people in Utah are panicking. I mean, they're panicking everywhere, but. Thing, you can't buy things in stores at all in Utah. And it's like, weren't you supposed to have food storage anyway? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Isn't yeah. that why you have all those, like, powdered potatoes and cans that you yeah. store forever, even though they go out of date? Which, that's <laughs> a side topic that I cannot wrap my head around, that so many Mormons buy this shit from Deseret, whatever, whatever. It's a more, it's owned by the church as well. This yeah. food storage industry, mm-hmm. but like most of the stuff goes out of date after like ten years. So then, what's the point of even having this like food preserve if it's like do you have to just keep buying it every ten years and then just throwing the other shit away? It's so wasteful, but it makes the church more money, so they don't yeah. care. Yeah, this whole thing is crazy. So you guys, we're gonna we want to talk a little bit about this, um, uh, kind of in a mashup with the other topic of this episode. But yeah, we figured we got a lot of DMs from you guys about Mormons posting about the coronavirus, and it they made me so angry. I don't know about you, Sarah, but the oh. entitlement and just, uh, it was so gross. Some of these things that Mormons were posting about it. It was so gross. Like, I I don't remember which day it was, maybe Friday or Saturday. One of the mornings when I woke up and did my addicting, you know, addictive posts, like looking at <laughs> social media as soon as I wake up for 30 minutes and wasting half of my life on this shit. So I was, like, going through. I'm bitter. Um, I was, like, going through all of these posts, and it was just, like, one after the other about that one about President Nelson that everyone's yeah. been posting. You, I, and, have it, oh. I have it screenshotted here. If Do you want me to read it? Yes, please do. Because I was seeing it so much and I saw a bunch like this being shared by friends and family members. And we need to criticize this real quick. Yeah. So there's a, there's a photo of the prophet... Nelson and he looks exactly like um what's his name Mr. Burns from the Simpsons I swear <laughs> it's him in human form so there's a photo of him and then the post goes as such it says when a true living prophet of the Lord speaks we follow it is not a coincidence November 28th of 2018 President Nelson said 
There's much more to come. Wait until next year. And then the next year, eat your vitamin pills. Get your rest. Okay. Then December 31st, 2019, China reports an outbreak of pneumonia, a.k.a. coronavirus. And the magnitude of this outbreak has yet to be determined. Coincidence? Question mark. There are no coincidences. And that was a quote by President Thomas S. Monson. Gross. And then the, the... Next one says, October 6, 2019, President Nelson said, General Conference next April will be different from any previous conference. In the next six months, I hope that every member and every family will prepare for a unique conference that will commemorate the very foundations of the restored gospel. Then March 11th. 2020, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints announces that the public <laughs> the public will not gather for our semi-annual general conference in April due to the risk of coronavirus. It will be broadcasted via technologies only. And then it says that state conferences have been canceled and that President Nelson says, in the coming days, it will not be possible to survive spiritually without the guiding, directing, comforting, and constant influence of the Holy Ghost. Um, And then the person says, I am so grateful to have the prophet leading and guiding us in these last days. There are so many more examples I could have shared, but these have stuck out in my mind these few days. Like, can we just say if your prophet really had the the vision that this was going to happen, why didn't he say something about it and warn people about it ahead of time? He didn't know anything about it. Exactly. That's always my first thought of like, it's just such bullshit that I can't even like if if president I'm doing air quotes president, the prophet of the church, (laughs) President Nelson knew in 2018 that this was going to happen. Then why didn't he warn people? Why didn't I mean, eat your vitamins like fuck off like. That like, doesn't prevent you from getting a coronavirus no. or COVID. Like, no, it doesn't. <clears throat> and, um, you know, there's just so many things wrong with that. Like, they, I, I saw other posts saying, our Heavenly Father is so great to us and we will be protected because we have faith and we are prophets, a doctor. And so oh, we're so grateful and, and blessed. And I'm like, okay, he's like 90 years old. He's not a doctor anymore. Also, what about the people who have died from this? Are you just saying mm-hmm. that your, your God didn't give a shit about them? It's so entitled and arrogant. And I hate exactly. it. It's like those people died because they didn't know the true church or the true gospel on the face of the earth. Like, Ugh. Oh, I can't. And and those posts, like, it made my blood boil because there were so many of them mm-hmm. who kept resharing it. And I was like, you know what? If Even if I was not ex-Mormon or if I was, you know, didn't grow up as a Mormon and I saw those posts, that doesn't make me want to join your church. It's like oh, you're no. a bunch of mean girls. Like, oh, my right. God, I'm, like, so much better than you because we have the prophet and remember. remember like you're not being helpful in any way how about all that fucking money that you pay to your church why don't you donate that to this research that's going on and help those people who need all of the supply medical supplies and experts and you know flying over those experts like donate the money that you're sitting on that a hundred billion dollars instead of saying hey how about we just fast and pray for those in need 
And luckily, our, we have a prophet, and he told us about this in this vague way to eat our vitamin pills and that this general conference is going to be different. Like, that is such bad taste. It's such a bad look. They look, exactly. they look so stupid. Yeah. And I guarantee that those people who happen to be Mormon and who may get, you know, the virus, the coronavirus, it'll be seen as like, oof. They weren't righteous enough. Those people didn't listen to the prophet. Like, it's going to happen because this whole thing has just started. So, listeners, I guess if you're listening to this in the future, you'll know. But this has sort of just started in the U.S. and Mormons are bound to get it. So, yeah, of course. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they're being so pompous about I mean, I do know why they're being pompous is because they're like, I also think they're kind of afraid and they just use the prophet and God and their faith as like a comfort too. Yeah, of course. course. But, um, because one of the, one of the posters was my cousin and I actually replied to her saying like, oh, so people who aren't Mormon are screwed then, huh? And she was like, oh no, I didn't think of it that way. And it's like, of course you didn't because you live in a Mormon bubble and you don't. Exactly. Yeah. It's crazy to me. But, ooh, I can't wait to get into the that person's post. I mean, I know it has nothing to do with our topic today, but that post about abortion, I could oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about making either a mini episode or possibly a Patreon episode about that whole thing because it actually yes. went on for a while. So, yeah, we can – I'll make sure I talk about that at a later time because that was crazy as well. Um, we got another DM. I don't know if you've seen this, but we got another DM from someone that um, it was a screenshot and it's a someone wrote like next to their scriptures. It's a piece of paper where someone wrote COVID dash one semicolon nine. And under the C, they it says Christ under the O, it says over under the V, it says viruses. And then under the I, it says infectious and the D is diseases. And then it says Joshua 1.9. So it's basically saying Christ over viruses and infectious diseases. And then it says, have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Like, oh. you're using this as a time to promote your dumb church like sorry to say it that way but it just makes me so mad there's no empathy and like that's not helping anyone it's no terrible at all like even if you are religious fine great pray to your god and and that's fine like but where i have an issue with any religion and especially mormonism is when you decide that you can, your actions and your prayers or whatever affect other people. Like if right. everyone took the same mentality of like, I don't have to listen to doctors and experts and, you know, officials who are telling us to stay indoors and, you know, make sure to quarantine ourselves so that we don't spread the disease, which would essentially harm and kill lots of people if we don't. Yeah. But instead, I'm just going to pray and fast because I choose Christ over infectious diseases. It's like, fuck off. Like, your <laughs> actions, when it involves other people, that's when I have a huge issue with organized religion at oh, all. Yeah. Like, Yeah, and you, it's not – you can't choose 
Christ over an infectious disease. If you get it, you get it. It's not like people are choosing to get it. No. <laughs> it's just, not like someone wakes up and is like, oof, you know what I've been craving today? Some good old <laughs> coronavirus. Maybe a corona with Lyme, but not oh, a coronavirus. Me, I'll pass. Hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> I've been singing that song in my head since coronavirus came out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sharona. Is that the name? My Sharona? No. Oh, yeah. Be like, shake my head. Don't, first of all, never sing on this podcast. Second of all, get the name of the song correctly before you bring it up. Uh, Uh, Well, yeah, so it's crazy out there. And so we just wanted to, like, talk about this a bit and try to add a little bit of humor and relief to any of you who are. Well, I guess all of you are currently experiencing this. I know it's worse in some places than others. So yeah. hang in there, you guys. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's really crazy. And uh, one of this, the topics we we were recommended to do, suggested to do, English is hard, is more <laughs> mental health. And I think for sure we'll touch on that um, hopefully relatively sooner in the new future because I know that this whole situation is really – it's quite stressful for those who have mental health um, situations and like anxiety and stuff like that. So even if it's and kind of what we already touched on with like religion playing into that, you know, how I immediately was like, oh, my God, it's really is the second coming and I fucked it up and blah, blah, blah. And having that mixed in with the actual situation that's going on, plus just having these anxieties and fears and yeah, so yeah. definitely I, those who are out there and you're feeling the same, just know that we're all in the same situation right now, and there are several other people who are going through the same, and don't freak out. We're all in this together as long as we're responsible and make sure that we are listening to the experts and not to a prophet who looks like Mr. Burns. <laughs> Well said. <laughs> Let's just not do that. And if you if you're a person like me or my partner, we just constantly every 30 minutes say like, no, you don't have it. You don't have it. And you're like, oh, okay, good. Cool, cool, cool. And then I'll be like, <clears throat> I'm coughing. Do I have it? I think I have it. I have it. And it's like, no, calm down. Don't be in your head and don't think that the second coming is happening. Right. Because it's not. But on the same note, be responsible. Don't yeah. dismiss it. <laughs> be responsible. Stay inside. Please don't hoard supplies because some people need them. Share if you can and just don't panic. We'll be fine. Exactly. You know what? I Sorry, this is another side note and people are like, that bitch always talks. Um, <clears throat> whatever. We have all the free time in the world now. So, <laughs> shout out to Kathy. It's back. Um I saw this really beautiful post today. So I'm a part of a expats women in Berlin group. And it's really cool just seeing all these different women who aren't from Berlin. And we just kind of bond over certain situations that we all experience in Berlin. But one of them, because a lot of freelance work is obviously being impacted. And a lot of uh, expats in Berlin are freelancers. So that's work that we can do in English. And it was just, I, I felt so bad for these people who aren't going to have jobs, they don't have insurance, they don't have anything like that because, you know, it's all tied to their freelance work and that's on hold. And some, uh, one of the women in the group just posted like, I can't help financially give money to everyone, but here are some things that I have that I can just give away. And it was like food items and it was just like shampoo, like just basic 
necessities. And even though, yeah, going to someone's house might not be the most responsible thing, but there are other ways that you can put it on the outside of your apartment building. Someone can just pick it up without ever having contact, like yeah, things like that. But it was just the, the idea in general. And I was like, you know what? This is what humanity and love is all about and not an organized religion that's telling people that our prophet is right. And because we're righteous and elite, we're protected. Like right. that's the difference between how people who have an understanding of what love and charity humanity is without a religion response versus people in the Mormon church who think that they're righteous and charitable and loving and kind, but they're not like you don't see the same type of reaction. Yeah. Yeah. And we know that the church has so much money and also they have a lot of food. Like they have Bishop's warehouses. And like you said, they own the um, food storage companies. There's many. So they could be distributing these things to people in need. But are they? Of course. No, they're not. They're just they're not. They're not doing that. They're they're canceling church and they're canceling people meeting, but they're not doing anything to help people that aren't their own. Yep. And that's the thing that I, even from a PR point of view, like this is the thing I really just don't get about the church. Like they are really good at marketing, but from a PR point of view, it's like if there's any... If there's ever been a time where you really want to make your organization look good and create, I'm doing like marketing term, like, you know, customer loyalty and like have new users join, aka new members, it would be to step in a situation like this and say like, hey, we're going to donate, you know, a hundred million dollars to those who need food and supplies and toiletry or those who don't have medical you know, the medical expertise that they need in the air or medication or experts or whatever, they could donate that. But have you seen anything about it? Because I haven't. Well, I haven't seen no, the Mormon I haven't. And I, donating. I, I haven't seen that. And I know for sure that it, people would be sharing it if it was the case. Um, exactly. So, I, you know, we could, they could do that in the future because we're recording this, you know, at a certain time. So they could do it later. But as of right now, they haven't mind-blowing to me yeah anyway so that's that topic but the main topic we wanted to talk about today is fast and testimony meeting which is all you have to do if you're ever sick or if a country is on fire (laughs) you just need to fast and that's it like everything else will be taken care of. It'll be fine. It'll be fine if you fast and pray and then go stand up in front of your congregation and say that you believe you Ugh. will be blessed. Exactly. Those koalas will stop being burnt oh, and oh, dying. No. I, it was horrible. And that's another thing. Sorry, I'm on my soapbox, but another situation where the church could have easily donated a ton of money to help with Australia and that didn't happen either. Like uh, instead yeah. they were told to fast. Which Katie, what is fasting? Oh tell why, us about it. Sarah, why I could tell you about that. <laughs> <laughs> so on a fast Sunday, it is the first Sunday of every month. They call it Fast Sunday. Church members are 
encouraged to fast for two meals on that day. So I feel like most people do it for breakfast and lunch. Um, Mm. And then you're supposed to give the money that you saved from not eating as a fast offering. So because they definitely need more of your money. Um, But the church claims that they use that money to go to people who need it, like to help people that need the money or that need food. But as we know, that's not how that works. No, not at all. Yeah. And so on that day, that that first Sunday, they hold their sacrament meeting as usual, but it's not ran in the normal way. So normally it'll they'll have a few speakers that are asked to speak by the bishop and it changes every week. But on Fast Sunday, anyone can get up and go up to the podium and talk, which which they call bearing their testimony, which they say it's basically just saying that you believe in the church and that you believe in Joseph Smith and well, no, they use the word no. They don't say believe. They say we know that the Book of Mormon is true. <laughs> and I always thought it was so weird. And maybe it was just like the bishops I had and it wasn't a thing across all Mormonism. But Katie, were you ever taught that you're supposed to say, I know Joseph Smith is a prophet of God instead of was a prophet oh, of God? Oh, you know what? I hadn't really thought about that, but that's definitely true that's definitely a thing because it's like he's still he's living in the afterlife it was always so weird to me oh yeah that's that's like giving me flashbacks that's crazy (laughs) yeah because every time I would be like I remember giving going up and bearing my testimony and of course like for for those listening who didn't grow up in Mormon church, as Katie said, like you, you, you bear testimony of the things that you know to be true, but it's always like a very formatted script. And then you can just throw in a few things to make it unique. But yeah. really it's like, you're saying the same thing. Like I know the church is true. I know it's the only true church church on the face of the earth. I know Joseph Smith is a prophet of God and that, President Nelson is the current prophet of God and that the scriptures are true and that the Holy Ghost is my constant companion. You know, those are like the essentials. You that you hit that right on the head. I actually have a quote here from one of their apostles, um, Elder Uchtdorf, which seems to be everyone's favorite. But he said um, that, yeah. It says that you could have testimonies of different aspects of the gospel. However, a testimony of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ will always include these five clear and simple truths. One, God lives and he's our loving father in heaven. Two, Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. Three, Joseph Smith is the prophet of God through whom the gospel of Jesus Christ was restored in the latter days. Number four, the Book of Mormon is the Word of God. And number five, the President Russell M. Nelson, his counselors, and the members of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles are prophets of God, seers, and revelators in our day. So they actually tell you that that's how you're supposed to do it. Like, you can believe in whatever you want or have testimonies, they say, have testimony. But if you're going to bear a proper testimony, it needs to include those five things and you have to say you know it. It's a, they're, they're absolute truths. Ugh, gross. Ugh, so gross. 
I totally forgot about the Book of Mormon one. That's that's pretty essential because it's like you're brainwashed into thinking that the Book of Mormon is factual and it's true and it's like, oh yeah, you have to say that. You don't notice that you don't say we know the Bible is true no, or no. it's always we yeah. you know I know the Book of Mormon is a true testament of Jesus Christ. I feel like if someone got up to the podium and said, I know that the Bible is true, like people would be like, what? Like, you know, that would be like a taboo thing to say almost. Oh, yeah, I, sure. I never heard it when I was a member. Um, while we're on the subject of using the I know statements, I have another quote from um, they call him President Ballard. Ew, I hate how they call them all presidents. Um <laughs> He says, a testimony is most simply and most powerfully shared in I know statements. My experience throughout the church leads me to worry that too many of our members' testimonies linger on the words, I am thankful or I love. And few t- are, and too few are able to say with sincere clarity, I know. But when we bear our testimonies of principles we have come to know are true, our meetings will have the testimony-rich spiritual underpinnings that stir the soul and have meaningful, positive impact on the lives of all those who hear them. Like, when I read that, I was like, oh my God, that's so clear. Like, they don't want you to even get up there and say that you love Jesus or that you love your family or that you're thankful for your home or your situation. You have to get up there and say, I know that this is the true church. Like, brainwashing it's such brainwashing and also it's like so controlling as in uh, Katie have you ever attended some of the fast and testimony meetings that were like you know someone who's cuckoo bananas gets up there and starts (laughs) talking about like the most random shit ever yeah but it's my favorite it's like Oh man, I can I can see them in my head right now. Like you know, every fast and testimony Sunday <laughs> meeting, you're like, oh please let them get up there because yeah. it's gonna be something so good, That's so weird. Yeah, it's There's- so weird. But then like the bishop will try to like monitor it, right? So when right. these people get up there and start talking about whatever it is that they're telling you, and you're just like, I'm loving it. But then the I bishop know. will like stand up and like whisper in their ear or something like, oh, you know, I think it's time to wrap it up. Yeah. But it's again controlling because they only want you to talk about very yeah. specific things and nothing that goes off off the track any way right. possible. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day, like about all the people that you'll that you could probably you could like have a drinking game to like the people and the things that are said during testimony meeting. Like you said, there's going to be someone that's cuckoo bananas that might be talking about the end of the world or whatever. And then there's going to be someone talking about a quote unquote miracle. There's going to be always, always a miracle. There will be someone like reporting about their family vacation or something. (laughs) There will be someone talking about like their missionary. Right. And then there's going to be a little kid that gets up and their parents whisper in their ear and tell them what to say, which is super creepy. Oh, that just made my belly button turn. Like I forgot how cultish that is. Like that's so creepy. So creepy. There's definitely going to be someone who cries because they, quote unquote, feel the spirit. (laughs) Always. Always. Um, But yeah, that made me think of 
like when you said that the bishop could would get up and control like what's being said did you watch the video of that young girl who came out as gay during sacrament meeting during and the bishop turned off the microphone because she was talking about it and she was basically just saying like I know that I'm still a daughter of God and I'm still you know, worthy, but I'm gay. And because she said that, he turned off the microphone and made her sit down. I think she was like 12 or 13. Oh, my God. Crazy. It's just, it's beyond crazy. And it's just this lack of empathy that I, it blows my mind that this quote unquote charitable and loving religion can have leaders in a position that have absolutely no empathy. Think about how that young girl must have felt like and oh, that how that's gonna fuck up so many ways like so many things in her life of how she sees herself I mean I hope it doesn't and I hope she's strong and she has really great support outside of the church but for those who don't that's like you know you get up there and you you're brave and you talk about how you you are your identity who you are and you're truthful and then someone cuts off the mic and tells oh. you to sit down that's so like, damn. I would be devastated. Me too. I fell for her. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that these bishops even have control over the mics. Like, guys, let me just set this up for how creepy. And again, you're in a cult if you're Mormon and you're listening. Um, <laughs> but like when you when these people go up to speak, the bishop sits in his little. So you have the bishop and the first and second counselor and they have to sit in like certain spots in the yeah. on the stage. And um and then the bishop to his right usually has like a little center where he can control the podium to move it up or down and also the mic. Yep. Which is so fucking creepy. So like I remember every time I got up there because I'm so short, they'd have to like lower it down. It was always a joke. And I was like, ha ha ha, the joke never ends. This is so <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> cool. Uh, exactly. But the fact that, yeah, the bishop, if he if you're saying something that he doesn't approve then he can just turn off the mic. (laughs) Oh, man. It's really gross when you think about it. (laughs) It's so gross. Did you get up often to bear your testimony? Um, That's a good question. I would say I did in my home ward. I, I did quite often, probably every Sunday, because there was just, like, nobody there. So it was, it would be those awkward silences for, like, five minutes you definitely feel the pressure if it's quiet and no one is getting up you feel the pressure and you almost feel like you're not being righteous or listening to the holy promptings if you don't get up and fill that silence it's definitely a sheer pressure thing and they tell you like even if you don't have a strong testimony you need to like say just say it anyways they say it like bear your testimony until it gets stronger borrow quote unquote someone else's testimony which is just another form of brainwashing and it makes everyone else in the room think that they're the quote-unquote like unrighteous one if they don't say these exact same things oh gross exactly Mm. exactly and you feel like all this pressure and also like people and you know if you're in a family who's like very active or devout people will like nudge you like your parents will nudge you to go up and it's so like yeah. So yeah, in my homeward I did just because yeah, like no one. It's such a small. It was a branch until I think oh. the last year I was there, and then it turned into a ward. But no one was there, so it was easy. But 
At BYU, I would do it if I had a crush on someone because I wanted them to see like I was a righteous <laughs> woman. So I'd be like, I bear my testimony that I know the church is true and I can't wait to get married in the temple to my eternal companion who's a righteous priesthood holder. <laughs> of oh, course, God. I would like bear my testimony then and like was excited when I got, you know, assigned to give a talk because it was like, oh my God, this is because I'm righteous and because Heavenly Father wants me to like show off my righteousness to my future eternal companion. Isn't that um, so funny? <laughs> it's so gross. It's so gross. Um, um, but yeah, in Germany, I I never, in the whole five years that or four years that I was here, I, I never bore my testimony. But a large part of that was because of the language barrier. I never felt comfortable bearing my testimony in Germany, or in, sorry, in German. So I just didn't yeah. go that makes sense. You know, for me, I felt the most pressure to do it when I feel like they would have, and I can't recall exactly what they were for, but I remember when I was a teenager, they would have like youth meetings just with like the young men and young women. And Mm. there were definitely times when those turned into like testimony meetings. And I can't remember if it was like after activities or after an EFY thing. I don't remember, but I remember that's when I felt the most pressured because everyone can see who it's a much smaller group. And so if you're the one person that's, you know, a teenager and you don't do it, then you're very much singled out. Like she's, she didn't bear her testimony. Like what sin is she committing or whatever? Yeah, exactly. And, um, I never went to EFY, but I remember they did that, um, at young women camp. Yeah. Oh yeah. And after the trek, they did it too. You're also there and say how much you know that it's true and it was such an enlightening and spiritual experience and you're just like get me out of here (laughs) oh Oh, god which is a whole other topic that you know a lot of you have sent this in and requested us to talk about young women's camp and um the equivalent for men and it's on our list for sure Uh, to be fair I, i only went two years so i'm not the the most uh, qualified to talk about it, but uh, I have some I have some gems of stories oh, in there yeah. for sure. That, that is coming up. We <laughs> yeah. Um, I also found in um to lighten up your everyone's glorious day, some good um journal entries from <laughs> there a little. <laughs> this one's not too bad, but it's uh, on topic May first, two thousand eleven. Today's fast and testimony meeting was so great. It was very spiritual and definitely what I needed to hear. I just need to get back down to the basics of prayer and scripture study. I've gotten that, quote, void in my life lately because I'm not taking the time to pray, study, and ponder. But those are my goals now. Oh, Sarah. Sarah, I... Okay, every single time, every single journal entry that I've heard from you, 
none of them like they're all about how you feel like shit about yourself because you're not doing <laughs> something quote unquote the best you could be it like is so obvious that it's like you were just at church and you were guilted and told how you were a piece of shit by not doing enough and you're like oh, I better do it I better do it it was so spiritually uplifting even though I feel like shit <laughs> like exactly it's gonna yeah. be better oh every single time it's it's like that and like uh, yeah every time I would justify it so if things didn't go my way I'm doing my quotes like my way I'd be like oh it's because I'm not reading enough I'm not studying enough and I'm just not good enough I'm not worthy that was always the feeling I had as a Mormon and the reason why I have that word fucking tattooed on my thigh because it's like something that still every single day it's a constant battle because of you know 27 28 years of my life being told that I was not worthy and that I was not good enough and that things in my life weren't working out the exact way I wanted them to be because it was out of my control but at the same time it was in my control because I wasn't righteous enough so it's like constantly like every one of and I was also superstitious I thought if if I came across too arrogant in my journal entries then it would be like God would have a reason to make me humble like he would have a reason to strike me down so it was like I had to always make sure I was humble Ugh. in these entries. Such a form of control. Yep. Right? Well, yeah, hashtag cult. As a <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, thank you for sharing that journal entry. They always are just so great. Wow, the church is true. Wow, <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> wow. You guys, I cannot wait to make a shirt. And put it on our website that just says, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Wow, the church is not true. Um, oh, my God, wait, you guys. Sorry, I just have one. <laughs> I just turned the page November 15th, 2012. Okay. And I have an all caps underlined, God answers prayers. <laughs> I have such a strong testimony of this. Oh, shit. And think about this is it gets even better this past week I was so sick I just wanted to be at home and to be taken care of but that wasn't an option however heavenly father blessed me with amazing friends here and with the priesthood blessing (gasps) okay Oh my god. Oh my god. I just can't. I can't even get into this. Like the thing that I I accredit to Heavenly Father in this section is about <laughs> is about me getting paperwork in for the DAAD grant. Oh, that no. deadline passed, but you know, thankfully God was on my side and I was able to email my professors and pray. And things worked out. That's so crazy that every single good thing that happens is just accredited to God immediately. Like, oh, oh, wow. Mind-blowing. Like, I can't. And even the fact that I'm sick and it's like, oh, I was sick. But, you know, I got a priesthood blessing and that's what cured me. (laughs) When you're like, oh, no. The medicine I was taking. Right. The medicine and the rest. (laughs) 
Oh my God, you guys. Oh, Sarah. Oh, little baby Sarah. <laughs> little baby Mormon Sarah. She's <laughs> she's something. <laughs> oh, poor, poor little girl. <laughs> Which is another, oh, I mean, this is a story that's just a good maybe end note about baby baby Mormon Sarah, which I hope if family and people who work with me if you're listening maybe bypass this story. But I remember we my so my boyfriend and I were talking about naive baby Mormon Sarah and some of the things that I just didn't know and how I used to have to just laugh and pretend like I knew when people would tell me stories. But I remember when I first moved to Berlin, one of my friends was telling me that dating was really difficult here and that guys just didn't want to commit and that they treated you bad. And she was like, yeah, you know, like after sex, he would just throw me a tissue. And y'all, I didn't know what that meant. (laughs) So I remember thinking like, what, did Bella know? Did she have a Bella know? I don't get it. I'm like, oh my god, he did not throw you a tissue. That's so messed up. But on the inside, I'm like, I mean, but if I had a runny nose, I'd want a tissue. I think it's kind of considerate. Yeah, you're just like, what? (laughs) You're just sitting there trying to figure out what she's alluding to. (laughs) Oh, and I was probably thinking in my head, wow, the church is true. (laughs) Wow, I'm going to bear my testimony next month. (laughs) I'm so glad I'm a Mormon and I don't need a tissue. That's amazing. Um, do you want to know if you're interested? Do you want to know the history of Fast Sunday, like why it was even started? Yes. So I looked this up, and apparently it was started by our the the OG J Dog, of course, because we believe he is totes a prophet of God. <laughs> no, he's not. Is present. He is he's he's alive. Oh, <laughs> okay. So Brigham Young described it like this. Um, He said, the first Thursday of each month we were to hold as a fast day. How many here know the origin of this day? Before tithing was paid, the poor were supported by donations. They came to Joseph and wanted to help in Kirtland, and he said there should be a fast day, which was decided upon. It was to be held once a month, and that it would... And that all that would have been eaten that day of flour or meat or butter or fruit or anything else was to be carried to the fast meeting and put in the hands of the perp- of a person selected for the purpose of taking care of it and distributing it, distributing it among the poor. So it originally started literally as trying to like help out people who didn't have enough to eat. But then um, it changed because during the 19th century, almost a fifth of the converts um, in the UK were miners, like, you know, mm-hmm. in the mines. And so their physical work made fasting during the week really difficult. So the exception was made to allow them to fast on Sundays instead of Thursdays. And then that became popular and um, spread to everyone. So that's why that started to happen on Sunday. And then people just started to give money instead of actual food. And then a quote I found from Gordon B. Hinckley, which was the prophet a little while ago, he said, what would happen if the principles of fast day and the fast offering were observed throughout the world? 
the hungry would be fed, the naked clothed, the homeless sheltered. A new measure of concern and unselfishness would grow in the hearts of people everywhere. And to that, I just want to say, you have a hundred billion dollars. You could accomplish this goal. You could feed the hungry and clothe the naked and house the poor, but you don't. So you don't get the fuck out of here. Exactly. That's the biggest point of all. Like, you could do that and you don't. Like, so that is just total bullshit and propaganda that just doesn't exist. They act like they're better than the rest of the world because the rest of the world doesn't have a fast day or a fast offering. Yet they have all of these resources from the fast and the tithing and they don't do anything good with it. So. You know, that's one of my biggest regrets is that I would donate to Fast and Testimony. Every time I paid my tithing, I would give 10% of my income and then I would usually do about 10 or 20 extra dollars a month for Fast Offering. Yep. It's and it makes me so annoyed. It's not even the fact that I lost money. It's the fact that I could have given that money directly to someone who I knew needed help. Yeah, yeah. And instead, it's been given to an organization that I have no idea where my money goes, but I do know it's not to a charity or to donate and help those who are sick. Right. And it's also a little bit, like, a little bit condescending for, like, the church to claim that they know what's best to do with your money. Like, why don't they allow their members to donate if they want to donate to a charity or to a food bank? Just do it themselves instead of being like... You have to give it to us because we know what's best to do with your money. Like, yeah, uh, exactly. Ugh. And that's something you just know that they're corrupt and evil because if, you know, this is truly the purpose for them is just, you know, they, they know that God wants you to be charitable and to donate things that you can, then it shouldn't matter if it goes to the church or to a food bank or whatever. Like, that shouldn't matter at all. No, but but it does. So <laughs> gross. <laughs> um, well, I don't have much more to say about fast and testimony meeting. I was going to I could bear my te- I'd like to bear my testimony <laughs> that I know this podcast is true, that I, I know our listeners are amazing and <laughs> celestial Jesus loves them. and that this podcast the doctrine that we teach and preach and spread to the world is the only true we are the we are the only true podcast on this earth and (laughs) i know that my prophet sarah little is the one true (laughs) and that katie wrote the book of ex-Mormon and I transcribed it as she put her head in a hat and told me all the things in ancient Egyptian and I wrote it that was such a trip when we just took LSD and then we wrote that book and all these listeners are buying it oh oh genius yes (laughs) We'll, we'll predict something soon for you guys but in if you think coronavirus is bad, just wait until two years. You'll need to be taking double the vitamins. Take you know double I mean. of your vitamin pills. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, my God. Uh, well, listeners, you should write to us and tell us about your cringy Mormon fast and testimony meeting stories, because I know you have them. We all have them. So yes, write to us. Do. It's not so Molly Mormon podcast at gmail.com. If you didn't know. Yes. And for those who have written us, we will respond. I'm sorry that it's mostly me. Katie's really good at responding. I'm really good at reading them and being like, oh, you guys are the best. And then I just close my phone. So I'm or sorry. Just, if you write to us, just be on the lookout for a mini soda of yours to come out like a month or two or three or four <laughs> after that. Because that's usually how I handle it because it's kind of hard to respond to everybody. But just be on the lookout. I will read yours on the mini soda at some point. Exactly. Which is quite cool when you hear of. Like, I have a few friends here, or colleagues, who listen to the mini episodes, and it's just cool to know that there are so many people who listen to the actual episodes that we do, but also the ones that Katie yeah. record on her own time that are your personal stories, and those are resonating with a lot of other listeners as well. So, um, yeah, keep sending them in, and Katie will keep doing a wonderful job of doing and reading the mini episodes, and I will do my best to respond after reading your mm-hmm. oh yep all right well everyone and stay safe stay yes. inside if you can and feel free to email us if you are feeling anxious and we can have a discussion about it but it's not the end of the world remember that <laughs> it is not it's not the second coming it is not anything to do with religion it's just it's just the earth. It's just life. But um, wash your hands. Yep. I'm, I'm saying that, but I'm being serious. And stay inside if you can for the next few weeks. And just be safe and check on your loved ones. Yep. All right. We will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.